Hi, and thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm your host, Nicole. You're listening to the first season of Perfectionist. On today's episode, we will be doing a non-spoiler review of Tower of Dawn by Sarah J. Mass. Kale Westfall and Nezrin Felique have arrived in the shining city of Antica to forge an alliance with the Coggin of the Southern Continent, whose vast armies are Aurelia's last hope. But they have also come to Antica for another purpose, to seek healing at the famed Torre Chesme for the wounds Kale received in Riftold. After enduring unspeakable horrors as a child in the hands of Adderlinian soldiers, Irene Towers has no desire to help the young lord of Adderlin, let alone heal him. Yet she has sworn an oath to assist those in need and will honor it. But Lord Westfall carries his own dark past and Irene soon realizes that those shadows could engulf them both. Kale, Nezrin, and Irene will have to draw on every scrap of their resilience to overcome the danger that surrounds them. But while they become entangled in the political webs of the Cognate, long-awaited answers slumber deep in the mountains where warriors soar on legendary rooks. Answers that might offer their world a chance at survival or doom them all. Tower of Dawn is the sixth book in the Throne of Glass series. It's high fantasy, and it's traditionally been classified as young adult, although recently I have seen that they have reclassified it as adult. So I would agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it fits nicely in this kind of emerging category of new adults, Mm -hmm. which seems to be if the protagonist of the story is kind of like 18 to 24, I could be wrong on the exact ages, but somewhere around that range versus Mm -hmm. young adult where it's like the protagonist can be anywhere, I think from like 15 to 18 or 14 to 18. Yeah. When I think of young adult, I'm thinking like older teen. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that is supposed to be like that but that's kind of like how I'm thinking like oh this is young adult okay definitely teenager still yeah no one in their 20s where this new adult kind of reaches that gap I agree yeah Mm -hmm. so I think when I personally think of Tower of Dawn the first word that pops into my head and I think it's the same word for you as well would be world building oh yeah yeah the world building in this book is so fabulous Mm -hmm. Uh, very because world building can be a little bit I want to say finicky sort of or Mm -hmm. boring it can be it can be if it's not if it's done in a I'll tell you not show you kind of way but Mm -hmm. I feel that um Sarah really did a wonderful job in this particular book of giving the vibes that she intended to while keeping the story moving forward. Mm. Yeah. I like how from the first chapter, she's really setting up 
that you are in a new environment. Because mm-hmm. it's almost like she uses the first couple chapters to ground the reader in Antica. Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you just kind of hear a lot about like Kale's thoughts on where he is and like what he's seeing as he's approaching the kind of palace yeah. area. And it's then actually Nezrin's. genius. It's genius mm-hmm. when you think about it because he's not been to Antica before. And mm-hmm. so we are experiencing Antica through a newcomer's eyes, which is perfect because we're a newcomer as well. Yeah, exactly. It was very well done. But then we hear Nezrin's kind of, it's almost like she's kind of explaining to Kale the culture and some of the traditions and sort of things he needs to be aware of in order to like make sure he's not doing anything offensive. So that, again, tells the reader these are yeah. things that are important, important. to this place. That's right. And I think that that was also kind of genius because mm-hmm. not all, like Kale does need to know that because he's going to go and see the, what are they called again? The Coggin? The Coggin. Yes. And the Cogginate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. But um, I think if it had been coming perhaps from a person who was not so high up or important such as Kale, we wouldn't maybe well we would have gotten a different point of view but we wouldn't have maybe gotten those important traditional tradition type information things about Mm -hmm. the important aspects that we hear about that I can't talk about in this episode (laughs) so I think that that was that was just a really I just thought it was fantastic and have you seen Prince of Persia I don't think so no Oh, it's a great movie. <laughs> you got to watch it. <laughs> it's a great movie. But it made me think of Prince of Persia. The mm-hmm. world, the way that it was described. Yeah. Check out Prince of Persia and tell me what you think <laughs> about Because it, it just, yeah, it just reminded me of that world very much. Like it was giving mm-hmm. those vibes, I thought. Jumping back into kind of like a descriptor of the book. So we said the first word that jumped out to us was the world building, which is absolutely fantastic and how it's introduced. And I think the second word for me that comes to mind, the overarching kind of, I guess it's in a way a theme, but just like something that really resonates with the story is like therapeutic. Mm. The story itself is kind of a a therapy session for Kale. (laughs) Yeah. In a way, or at least his side of the story is totally. It's a huge growth for him. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt like that was something that was like a, a common thread for his storyline. Yeah, for for me, therapeutic didn't come to mind. Although that is bang on. It was for me. It was healing, and mm-hmm. more than just physical healing for sure. Because there yes. was a lot of inner turmoil that he was, or is, or was suffering from. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those two go hand in hand very nicely. This book, compared to the other books in the series, is paced very differently. Mm -hmm. I guess it is slower paced. uh, But I found that after I finished reading Empire of Storms, which is extreme, it's just like blazingly fast paced. (laughs) Yes. Tension is very high. There are definitely some faster paced moments in this book or scenes, but overall it is much more moderately paced, we could say. 
Mm-hmm. I actually found after Empire of Storms, I was tempted to skip this book, which I would mm-hmm. I wouldn't do ultimately, but that was the feelings I was having. Yes. But once I settled into reading Tower of Dawn, I was so immersed in the world and actually it felt like I was taking a deep breath and just mm-hmm. kind of releasing that tension that had built up built up in Empire of Storms. So it actually mm-hmm. felt extremely appropriate and timely after Empire of Storms. It was like, okay, that was really intense. There's some really like tense things <laughs> yes. happening in Empire of Storms and cliffhanging, <laughs> cliffhanging type stuff. Let's just like take a deep breath and focus on Mm -hmm. some healing now. And it's more than that. It's not just about that, this book. There is definitely some elements of mystery and there are some elements of romance and um, there is some some tension in other ways. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I felt like it was a really good book to come after Empire of Storms. And I was just, I would say this is almost my favorite book of the series so far. Mm -hmm. It's a really, really good story in and of itself. It pairs very nicely with the rest of the series. Um, But it is, it's not a separate story. It's very much connected to the rest of the series, but as a standalone story, it's very interesting. And although it is slower paced than specifically Empire Storms, which is kind of paired with it because they're written in the same time frame, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it's a slow read. Like you still read it as mm-hmm. quickly and you're still as engaged. It still has as much action. It's just different. The action itself is not as tense. Like it's it's more healing. It's just more, it's like a cozy cup of coffee or cozy cup of tea versus, you know, like a shot of whiskey or something. (laughs) That is such a good descriptor for Empire of Storms. I feel like Empire of Storms is a shot of whiskey or a shot of vodka and Tara Dawn is like, okay, let's have a cup of tea now. Chamomile perhaps. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But there were definitely some moments in Tower of Dawn that, emotionally impacted me quite deeply there were mm-hmm. some shocking moments moments where I actually stopped and I thought I can't believe this just th- that this has just happened and so like you said although it's slower paced the story is very strong it's very powerful and there's some incredible incredible character development in it mm-hmm. yeah no I 100% agree with that the character development uh, especially of Kale, which is, I kind of feel like this is sort of Sarah's love letter to Kale as a character yeah. and his growth. I think even from the very beginning, he is going through, he's kind of coming to terms what has happened in Queen of Shadows, because this is this book is coming off of Queen of Shadows for mm-hmm. Kale's storyline. Mm-hmm. And I think it is him coming to terms with everything that has happened in his life up until that point and the growth starts right from the beginning of the story like his growth and it continues throughout the story it's not like a 
straightforward shot of like, yes, he has come to terms and he's mm. had revelations. It's like, no, this isn't. This is a tough shot. process it's, and mm-hmm. it's tough physically and mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like he's struggling in all aspects. Uh, something else we get to see in this book that I wasn't super expecting, but very glad was Nezrin. We get to know Nezrin quite well. Mm -hmm. And she ends up having quite a lot of character development as well. Not as uh, maybe world-changing as Kale, but Mm -hmm. it's it's actually uh, really... Because she was kind of like a character we didn't really know much. She just kind of like this little side character. But we get to know her really well in Tower of Dawn. And... It's a really wonderful journey to get to know mm-hmm. Nezrin as deeply as we do. Yeah, and her strengths as a character are really highlighted nicely in this mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. We also get the return of Irene. And Yay. if you recall, Irene was the healer uh, in the uh, Assassin's Blade, the healer story. She was the mm-hmm. one that Selena helped back then to go on to Tori Chesme. So yes. I was, I remember when we did our review for Assassin's Blade, I was like, I hope we get to hear more from Irene. Like, I really want to know this character. And well, mm-hmm. we do. She's one of the main characters in this book. So if you've been looking forward to hear more about Irene after having read Assassin's Blade, then Tower of Dawn is your jam. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like maybe Sarah had like plans to bring her back. Maybe she didn't know exactly in what capacity, but I think she made us fall in love with Irene because we meet a lot of characters in Assassin's Blade and not all of them. I'm like, at the end of Assassin's Blade, I wasn't like, I want a story about this person and this person and this person. It was, I want a story about Irene. Yes, exactly. I feel like either afterwards, a lot of people were feeling that way. So then maybe Sarah was like, oh, people really like this character. I should bring her back. Or maybe she intentionally kind of wrote her in a way that left people wanting more. I personally think she had it planned and she's Mm -hmm. like, I know what I'm doing because I'm a a genius. (laughs) She's definitely a genius. So yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but Irene's character, it's it's just as fantastic as you'd hope. So just mm-hmm. read it and find she's out. Spicy. But it's oh, she's she's wonderful, and <laughs> you know you get to see what part she's going to play in the overall story. Which, well, you get to have an idea. Rather, we haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very unclear of ultimately what path she will take in like the overarching story, but there you get an idea of like how your wheels start turning about like, Ooh, what could possibly happen? And like you start to develop theories and. Yeah. So aren't, we haven't read kingdom of ash yet as of recording this, but I do hope we get to see a lot more of Irene in kingdom of ash. Um, I feel uh, like we must, we must, but I'm just, (laughs) I'm, I'm hesitating to read it because I'm so sad that the series is coming to an end. Yes, I am excited to read it and some days struggle not to pick it up and take a peek. And then other days I'm like, just 
just go. I'm not I know. Ready for you yet. I'm not ready. <laughs> I know. Everywhere I look, everyone says they are completely emotionally destroyed by Kingdom of Ash. So I'm I'm both dreading and looking forward to it. It's a very uncomfortable mm-hmm. combination. <laughs> I was looking up um, merch for different um, books and stuff. And one person had a shirt and it says, I survived mass destruction, but mass is spelled like Sarah. Jane I love Ma. that. I was like, that is brilliant. <laughs> I, fe- I feel like that is something we should definitely get because I yeah. would totally, <laughs> I would totally, yeah. And it was like this cozy sweatshirt. And I was like, oh my goodness, that is like the perfect shirt. The person who thought of that, like props to you. That is, I love puns so much. Like, yes, I am a an old dad at heart. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I love puns as well. Brandon's always rolling his eyes at me. Oh, what a mom joke, he says. I'm like, come on. <laughs> They're traditionally dad jokes, but I know. Yeah. I know. It's like we're He's not doing back. it. So someone's got to. Just someone's you can't be raised home. without puns. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So let's talk about the themes. Mm-hmm. of this story. So there was definitely some very obvious themes of light versus dark. Yes. Yeah. Very, pretty um, pointed light yeah. versus dark themes. <laughs> like almost literally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, another theme that I thought was done really, really well was embracing and accepting who you are. So I guess kind of like acceptance, mm-hmm. not just who you are, but also what has happened. Yeah. And I think this is done for multiple characters throughout the story. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to see how everybody in the story kind of works through their own, what's going on for them personally, but how that also intertwines with other characters in the story. Yeah. And kind of, that battle between doing what you think is right for everyone versus doing what is right for yourself. Yeah. And that's can be quite a tricky balance. And I think that's something that several of the characters kind of have to work through in this story. Yes. Yes. Like their own, own personal wants and needs versus like what they've kind of promised to other people or what yeah. they thought they've promised to other people and yeah. balancing all that out. What do you think about, very gentle themes, like not quite, but almost an enemies to lovers kind of thing going on there. Um, I I like how every relationship in the story kind of developed. I think at first, because I'm I've read it as a tandem read originally, and now I'm going back and listening to it as an audiobook. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I initially read it, I was a little frustrated with some characters mm-hmm. and how certain situations were being handled. And I'm like, I don't know if this, I don't know. It just seemed a little, is this the best way to deal with this? Yeah. But then now that I'm listening to it and I'm like kind of seeing how, a tricky situation has been dealt with quite delicately. Like I think Mass did a good job of making sure you actually don't hate any characters despite what they are having to navigate. Yeah, you're right. There's, there's a particular character in this book that I really disliked, but then as time went on, I was kind of like, okay, I can kind of see where she's coming from. And so 
Yeah, she did that really well. Mm-hmm. Something else I thought was very interesting and that I really liked about this book was uh, it really really addressed how not dealing with your past trauma can cause physical, like it manifests physical and emotional symptoms. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that I, I really love that that was part of the story. Even though we're in a fantasy world, I, I just, I love that for us <laughs> to hear. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. Yes. Yeah, it was, this book had a really, really strong message at its core And that really does go along with some of the other themes that we were talking about, like, well, it goes along with actually both the previous themes we were talking about, the kind of light versus dark and embracing who you are and kind of that whole self-acceptance of like, what has happened in your past is something you need to work through in order to kind of have a future as like someone who can manage in the world. Actually function. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's, it's done very well. And I think it's done realistically in that it's not easy. It is a very, very challenging road. And we see all the struggles and the setbacks that happen along the way. Mm-hmm. So I think it's for a fantasy world, like you said, it's a very human problem that is being kind of spoken about and addressed in this book. Yeah, it's fantastic. So speaking about the plot, we've mentioned how it's kind of like slow to start, Mm -hmm. but I found this book to be so rich. I found it to be like very just richly detailed, uh, very, very, uh, I want to say it brings to mind such great visuals. Mm -hmm. I feel that she did a really good job transporting you to this new world in Antica. Um, It does build pace as the story goes on. And there are some cliffhanging moments. Um, There's some really intense emotional moments. There were moments where I was crying along with the characters. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the way that she built the story and the journey that you go along with the characters on the way, you really become, they become close to your heart. And Mm -hmm. I I just felt that at some point I was in this journey with them. And I don't know if I've necessarily felt that throughout the other books so strongly Mm -hmm. as I did with Tower of Dawn. Um. I'm just finding that as as this entire series, like the overall story is developing, that we're connecting so deeply with the characters that it it's I think that's why I think that's why people are so so torn apart by Kingdom of Ash, because you get to this point and things mm-hmm. are really coming to a head and you've really, really emotionally committed to these people and you've fallen in love yeah. with all of them. No, I am I'm certain that that's probably why people are destroyed by that book. <laughs> you do. You become so attached to these make-believe people. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a little unhinged in some ways, but also like really kind of cool in others. But I think that going back to kind of how the story progresses, I think Sarah does an excellent job of 
slowly introducing you to the setting Mm -hmm. and the culture and the world kind of builds the world up in the first part of the book. And then it's like kind of more the action picks up in pace. You get all Mm -hmm. these like kind of crazy reveals about what's going on and how it connects. And but throughout the whole story, I think one of my favorite things that she does, and she does it so freaking beautifully, is the subtle hints to other, like specifically Assassin's Blade. But she mm-hmm. does, I think she also hints at other stories, like, oh, when they're talking about Nezrin, they'll often talk about things that happen in Queen of Shadows. Mm-hmm. And so, because that's kind of when we get introduced to Nesrin is in Queen yeah. of Shadows. So, but then so many beautiful tie-ins to Assassin's Blade. Yes. Yes. Just- and I find that so funny because Assassin's Blade and Tower of Dawn are the two most contentious books in this entire series that people are like, do I really need to read it? Or what order should I read it in? Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those books are involved in all of that. Um, myself, I have done this series in the purest order. So that is the order in which the author intended. And I think so far, I mean, we're to the last book now. So it was, (laughs) it was great reading it in the purest order. I've heard people say it's great the other way too. That's fine. Uh, whatever, but just don't skip Tower of Dawn because I know Mm -hmm. it can be tempting. I was tempted too, but it's a necessary part of the story and you will, yes. If you give it a chance and you've enjoyed the rest of the series so far, eventually you will likely fall in love with it. I see people saying over and over again that they're surprised at how much they fell in love with Tower Dawn. A lot of people, it's their favorite book in the series. Mine too. Haven't read Kingdom of Ash yet. (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. you know, I have a feeling that Tower Dawn might end up being my favorite book in the series because Kingdom of Ash is going to make me feel a lot of uncomfortable feelings. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I think I'm probably gonna say Tower Dawn was likely my favorite, although it it, Kingdom of of Ash is probably going to have a lot more emotional impact. Yeah. Um, And I think those can be different things, right? You can have a favorite book, but it isn't necessarily the one that emotionally impacted you the most. Like, yeah. I just thought that the world building, I was just so impressed with the world building. I can't state that enough. Mm -hmm. It's some of the best world building I feel that I've read in in a long time. Um, It just, the the world felt so rich and real. And so, because I was, I know that sometimes when authors go to a completely different setting or a different continent, that especially if, if the the main part or like the climax of the story doesn't necessarily take part there and actually don't know because we haven't read Kingdom of Ash, that that mm-hmm. can kind of be glazed over. I'm just going to talk about Wendlin. So looking back on that now, yeah, mm-hmm. Wendlin didn't get much world building at all, but we also didn't yeah. get a lot of action there. So I don't know how much that matters. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, Tower of Dawn was fantastic it's an essential part of this series please don't skip it for your own sake there are there in fact you can't because if you do you're gonna have to just assume some stuff when you read kingdom of ash that was like the most shocking reveal of the Mm -hmm. entire series happens in tower of dawn i'm a little confused why people suggest or obviously not everybody but there are people who have suggested you don't need to read Tower of Dawn, that you can just pick up 
Kingdom of Ash right off of Empire Storm. Yeah. And I don't obviously know what happens in Kingdom of Ash. So perhaps the information you get from Tower of Dawn is reiterated in Kingdom of Ash at some point. But if it's not, then like, yeah, there are pieces of the puzzle you are missing. And on top of that, if you have gotten to this point in the series, like you've read up to Empire Storms and you're considering if you should read Tower of Dawn, if you chose to skip Assassin's Blade, I also would highly recommend reading Assassin's Blade, even if yeah. it's just after Empire of Storms. Like, yeah. That's where you're at before Tower of Dawn. Because mm-hmm. those little connections between the two, I, personally, I just found them so lovely. Like every time I read one, I couldn't help but smile. So, so I think the way I look at it is that this is a big puzzle. And if you skip mm-hmm. Assassin's Blade, there's going to be a bunch of pieces missing, mm-hmm. which may not be like essential for you to get the whole point of the picture Mm -hmm. but with them there it's so much better and yeah yeah. so so I agree with you completely you have to read Assassin's Blade who cares what order it's in I would recommend personally purist order a lot of other people recommend romantic order it doesn't matter just make sure that you read it before you get Mm -hmm. to Tower of Dawn I, I think before Empire of Storms too because there's so many pieces that fall into place for Empire of Storms as well that mm-hmm. aren't connected to Assassin's Blade. But true, true. it doesn't doesn't matter. Just read it before the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that is my rant on that. <laughs> <laughs> and a good one it was. <laughs> I think that is everything for Tower of Dawn without heading into spoilers. But if you are interested in checking out Spoilers, we will be discussing Tower of Dawn in great detail in our next couple of episodes. So if you have already read the book and would like to relive it, or if for some reason you want to know what's happening before you read the book, then <laughs> make sure you check out that those two episodes coming up. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.